0: Doing all right? Turn and give your neighbor a fist bump and ask them how they're doing. Come on, even if you don't know them. It's so good to see a full house today. It's, hey, by the way, there's plenty of room on the first row. All right? If you, if you want to slip out, we'll give you a couple of seconds. Come on. It's, and just hang out on the front row with me. I apologize because usually the front row is empty because I get a little excited. may sling a little sweat or something like that. I know it's gross on Easter Sunday, but we have a buffer area up here just for that. Hey, I'm super glad that you're here today. Man, what an incredible day this is. This is Easter Sunday. And, you know, we, we often call this Resurrection Sunday because that's really what it's about. It's about Jesus Christ resurrecting on Sunday morning. You, you know the story the ladies come down, it's, it's been the third day, Jesus was crucified on Friday, Saturday's the second day, Sunday morning, you know, it's, it's going to start getting ripe in that tomb, and they took the spices and they went down to the tomb, and the story goes that when they walked into that, that area, that they looked in the stone that was placed in front of the tomb and was sealed by the governor so that nobody could mess with it, and the guards were placed there so that there could be no hanky-panky going on around that tomb. The tomb was rolled open, the stone was rolled away, and the guards were gone. And there just happened to be a really strange-looking guy that the Bible says was an angel standing there. And they said, where is Jesus? And he has the coolest line in the entire Bible. He said, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. I mean, that's what we're here for today. That should give you hope. Amen? That, that's the linchpin. In Christianity, Listen, if, Jesus, if they'd have went there and they said, yep, he's still here, third day, Monday, oh, he's still here, nobody would be here today. It would have been a great story of a really good guy. But just for you and me to show that he was who he said he was, Jesus resurrected from the grave. And that should give us hope. I hope you need some hope today. I mean, I hope you, you, you take some of that hope today, a bucket full of it. Anybody need hope today? It's amazing because just like I've tried to quit watching the news at all. Like if I want to watch some news, I will go to a specific place and watch a specific story. Because it's just like everything is so discouraging. There's all everything in this world, it seems like it's discouraging. And I'm constantly drawn back to Jesus going, oh, Jesus, come quick. All right? Come quick. As long as you take my kids too, let's all go. I'm ready. I, nothing, hold me back. <clears throat> and I can tell you, like it, even a little story in my life. Like at the beginning of the year, anybody do uh, New Year's resolutions? Do y'all have a New Year's resolution? One or two that you've already quit? Okay. Well, I, I try to do one, sometimes two every year. And this year, I, I made a mistake. I was watching a friend of mine. He's a, or not a friend of mine. A, a guy I like to watch, a pastor out of Florida. He has a really big church. He's not in very good shape. He's about like me. So he was talking about this year. This year, I'm going to do like 50 million push-ups. He's gonna, he has this giant goal of push-ups. And he said, I've, never, I've probably only done a couple hundred in my whole life. I am going to do this many push-ups. I've broken into this many a day. If I do them every single day... I'll reach this goal at the end of the year, and this will be like the greatest goal in my life. And I mean, he was just inspiring me, and I, and I made the mistake. I was like, I'm doing that. And I'm not gonna tell anybody but Jenny, and I'm, I'm gonna start doing push ups every single day. I'm doing like 10 trillion of them every day. I don't do push ups. My back, my chest, my shoulders are all weak sauce, but I'm gonna do hundreds of them. You ever been there? I've never fasted a day in my life. I'm fasting 40 days starting tomorrow. Because I'm spiritual, right? That, that, that's the way we jump. So I, I jumped on this push-up thing and it wasn't, it wasn't a week in, and I miss a day. I'm like eight days in and I miss a day. And I'm oh, so I have to do twice as many tomorrow. It, it was just one of those super busy days. You know, you get in the house and you work work like eight in the morning, and you get off at eight that night, and you come in, and you eat, and you're like, nope, I'm done. No push-ups. Next day I get up and I thought, okay, I just got out of the shower. I'm I'm just gonna do some push-ups real quick. And I went down to do push-ups in my closet, and like number two, is like crack. And I'm laying on the floor, and this side is not moving. It's stuck. And I'm like, oh, no. And I thought, okay, just, you know, I'm going to Rambo it through, man. And I'm like, like, nope, that's it. We're done. So might as well get up. I had to go. And and here I am. Like, I'm less than two weeks in. And I popped something in my back. I'm walking around like this. Hey, how's everybody? Like, can't breathe, can't sleep on this side. I end up having to go to the chiropractor and the doctor and get them to crack me and get it all back in line. He said... How many push-ups are you doing? <laughs> so that you may want to start lower than that. And and so, so here we are, less than two weeks out, and I'm already discouraged, right? And I'm thinking, nope, nope, nope. I am gonna continue doing this. I'm like I'm gonna breathe a little hope in me today. So, with that incredibly spiritual and theological story, I hope to springboard into the gospel today, the most incredible, the most incredible, encouraging story. In your entire life, I hope that today, when you walk out of this building, that it, that I don't even care if you, you remember the worship, the songs. Don't care. Don't care if you remember the message. But I pray that when you walk out of here today, that you go, man, I am full of hope because of what Jesus did on the cross on Easter. Amen. Amen. From, the, from the whole week, from Friday to to Sunday. I hope that it changes your life today. So I'm going to start if you have your Bible or or a mobile device or on your bulletin. We're going to start in First Peter. And I chose First Peter. This isn't a typical Easter Easter message. We're not going to give you the whole Easter story. I'll give it to you in pieces. But I wanted to read out of 1 Peter because Peter is writing to what I believe are normal people like us. Peter's writing to a group of believers. This is about 30 years after the resurrection. So a lot of these people may not have even have been there when Jesus resurrected. They may not have been part of the momentum of the first you know, wave. But what Peter's writing to them about is because they're trying to be believers, they're trying to be Christians. But it just seems like everything's going against them. The government's going against them. The the people that are ruling them, the government, but the the police, all of the systems that they're used to are changing, and they're really, really discouraged. So what does Peter do? He writes 1 Peter, the first letter, to a group of believers to help them, to encourage them in their faith. Take one guess. I'll give you one guess. What does he use for his encouragement? Everybody say Easter. Easter. You're right. That's exactly what he used. Listen to this. He starts like this in verse 3. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 3. All praise to God, the father of our Lord Jesus. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again. That that Phrase born again, Jesus used many times. And Peter was there when Jesus had used this. And it wasn't like he was saying you, you are physically born again. What he was saying is, though, but when you, when you put your faith in Christ and you change the way you approach things, you, you, you trust Jesus, it's like being born again. Your thinking changes, your outlook changes, the way you see things, your perspective, right? Is that right? That's what he's trying to say to them. So it, it's by his great faith that we have been born again, that we understand that normal life Doesn't have to be normal that we can have Jesus in our life. And he goes on, because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. That's the reason for our hope. And then he says, one of the greatest lines, that's why I love this version. He said, And now we live with great expectations. Isn't that good? I need some more amens out of that. That's too good of a scripture to, that now, because of the resurrection, we live with great expectations. I I hope that today this message throws a little log on your fire, so to speak, and you walk out of here with greater expectations than you even dreamed you would have when you came in. That's what I pray, that the resurrection does something in your life today. Great expectations. And as we keep reading these next couple of verses, what it's going to do is give us some principles. Give us some practical principles to live with great expectations. Why we should do that. How many would love to leave a a service at a church and actually have some practical things to take with you? To apply to life. That's that's what I'm shooting for today. So the first one is this, from the next verse. But the, the first principle is this, that we can have, that we can discover freedom from our past. Can I tell you, I need that freedom from our past. Listen to what it says again in verse 3. I'm going to read verse 3 again, but with a different emphasis. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And it's by His great... Everybody say mercy. It's by His great mercy that we have been born again. Can I tell you, that word mercy... Mercy comes from Jesus dying on the cross. Mercy comes from Jesus being resurrected. Mercy is our mistakes, our past not being counted against us. Mercy is Jesus seeing what we did and go, I'll take all of that. That's what, that's what mercy is. And I think about my past, and I know that everybody here has got a past. We need help with our past. And here's something I learned years ago, probably my first year of dating my wife, we dealt with this. And if you, if you don't deal with your past through the mercy of Christ, you will deal out of your past To everybody around you for the rest of your life. You may say that again. You want to write that one down? That's a good one. If you don't deal with your past. You will deal out of your past. The rest of your life. You need the mercy that Jesus gives us. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We need that. In fact I remember I was thinking. uh, An example of that in my life. My, My parents had a really bad marriage growing up. The, the, everything they did, we just wrote down and said, don't do that, okay? And so we have a great marriage. And, and I love my parents. They're both married and happy and all that now. Uh, not to each other, to different people. They uh, they went to a really bad divorce when I was like 10 or 11 years old. And I remember just the the fights and all the different kind of stuff. I'll, leave you the, I'll spare you the details. But what I do remember is... Living with, living with my mom right after it happened, like right after they moved out and sold the house we're just a couple of months, divorce didn't even final, and both my parents are starting to date. That's always tough for us kiddos. Uh, it's one of the things that I try to tell people as you go through a divorce, just remember your kids are going through it too. Help them. Help them deal with it. I didn't have any tools for that, and so I remember being 11 years old and getting up one morning. 11 year old, and I'm I'm going I'm going to go to the restroom. Can y'all, y'all handle this for a minute? I, I won't be details. Okay. I'm going to the restroom, and while I'm standing there, I look, and my mom's boyfriend's boots are right here. I didn't like this guy. Didn't like him at all. So I just kind of looked off to the side and. That was a mistake, and can I tell you? Now I, I, I know that's pretty graphic, but what I'm, what I'm trying to tell you is that we all have a past, and if we were really honest with us, with ourselves, there's a bunch of past that are pretty graphic. There's, there's some that we want to forget, and I'll never forget being in my room the whole morning, sitting on my bed, just waiting. And I remember it sounded like a bomb went off in the other end of the house. He put his hand through the wall. He's yelling, where's your boy at? And he came, he came at me. And, of course, being 11 and able to whoop anybody on the planet, I came back at him. And I remember my mom between us. And so, like, it's that that I now, hold on, we're talking about our, dealing with our past, being free from this junk, right? When I remember we're dating, and me and Jenny are dating, and we're engaged and we're having an argument. And I go to just blowing up stuff on her. And she, she said, hey, hold on a minute. You better back it up. I am not your parents. We, we have given our lives to Christ. We're living a life by faith. We've been born again. We're not without Jesus. That's what they were. So don't put that on me. We're free from that. And let's learn by faith to be free from our past so we can live out the future God wants for us. Amen. It came from my fiance, hubba hubba. Like this is Mother Teresa sitting across from me in Brahms, you know. But can I tell you that she, she'd been a Christian two years longer than me. We both got saved as, as uh, college students. And she got saved her freshman year, and I got saved two years later. And it was great to be able to hear that and say, I know that. Like I know it's super hard because my past is a part of me. But you know what, I just determined in my life and and reading scriptures like this, like God has had mercy on me to forgive me of my past. And can I tell you from the day I met Jesus forward, I said I am not a part of that past. I'm not defined by that past. I'm not going to regurgitate that past up because I am free from it. Amen? It is by the resurrection and God's great mercy is what it says that we've been set free. I'm free from the past. You can be set free from your past. Free to live out the life that God has designed for you in the beginning. Amen? It's good stuff, isn't it? The second principle is this. The second principle is having hope for tomorrow. Because if you read that verse in another version, instead of saying, now we live with great expectations, it actually says, because we have a living hope. Can I tell you that Jesus came back to life for us, not for him. Like He could have just went to heaven and said, I'm still God. It doesn't matter what everybody else believes, Right? But what he did was, I'm, I'm going to show that nothing, hold on, hold on, that nothing has a hold on me. Even if this world kills me, the promise is for life eternal after that. And I'm going to show the people that would put their faith in me, that will be born again, that you can trust me because everything I said came to pass. That you can trust me because I have the power over life and death. And so that should bring us, that should bring all of us hope for tomorrow, tomorrow. Outside of our circumstances, you know, some of us are going through some tough things. I know that because being the pastor, it seems like the pastoral staff, we're the funnel for so many people. Hey, pray for us for this. Pray for us for this. We have friends and people in our church right now in the hospital, right now at home sick, dealing with life-changing problems. We, We need hope for tomorrow. That's what the resurrection, every time you get down with a circumstance, I want you to think. You know what? I can make it. I can, I can have hope through this because Jesus came back to life to show me I have hope for you. Amen? Some people think you just carry it around. If you, if you do the right thing, you got, you just, if you just say, I feel like I have hope, we can do that. But let me tell you, hope comes from one place. Do you remember last year's Super Bowl, for those of you that weren't boycotting it? you remember last year's Super Bowl when Justin Timberlake did the, was it last year that he did the halftime show? Oh, you Christians! Nobody in here watched that. Sorry, we don't do that, Pastor. Yes, I watched it. Okay, with a house full of people, I watched it. And when Justin Timberlake came out with, and he did a little hodgepodge of all of his songs, did a whole bunch of different songs. And one of my favorite. Some people think you just carry a little hope in your pocket. Like y'all remember that song? You remember the "Can't Stop the Feeling"? In case you don't, I got a little clip for you. Just a little audio. All right, y'all ready? Here we go. Come on. Come on. We're going to start over. Come on, everybody. Elbow your neighbor. Elbow your neighbor. Yep. Easter Sunday at South Point right there. Should have had your phone out, right? Can, can I tell you, that? I, I love that. When I get down, I will listen to things that, that breathe life into me. But can I tell you, like, that for me is sugar. That just I can listen to something like, okay, that was good. But if it's a big life altering circumstance, can I tell you where I have to go? Where I have to go. I have to go to the person that had the biggest life altering circumstance happen to them. And he overcame it. And he said, Scott, and everybody that follows me, you're going to face trouble in this world. But be encouraged, I've overcome the world. You get that? That this is what Easter Sunday's for. Listen to the very next verse. 1 Peter 1, 4 says this. And we have a priceless inheritance. An inheritance that is, <clears throat> that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. He's putting an exclamation point on that. Like what, I, what I'm saying is I know it's hard to understand now because you can't get a glimpse of heaven and then come back and live earth. That's, that's where the faith part comes in. He said, but I'm, I want to encourage it. Remember, he's writing to these Christians, some of the first Christians, 30 years after Jesus. He said, I want to encourage you that your inheritance, this promise that we have, death can't touch it, disease can't touch it, circumstances can't touch it. It's protected, and God has got it stored up for you. You can have it. Do you remember last year also Billy Graham passed away? You remember that one of the, maybe some people even call him the pastor of the United States. He's just an incredible person. Never had some big gigantic failure in front of us all like so many people have. He just, he, he towed the line his entire life. And I remember his quote that they read at his funeral. I was watching his funeral on TV and I remember that quote when he said, one of these days you're going to hear that Billy Graham has passed away. That he's died. And don't you believe it? Because he'll be more alive in the presence of God than he ever was on earth. You realize that is the inheritance that you and I put our faith in. That's the born again that changes our perspective and our thinking. The third and final one is this: it's to walk in confidence. Gosh, so good. The next two verses, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 5 and 6, say this. And through your faith, I want you to see, like Peter is really taking it practical. He said, I understand that Jesus hasn't resurrected you physically, but. As you put your faith in him, as you trust him with what he says about life and purpose, as you, through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So be truly glad. There is a wonderful joy. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a while. He's trying to encourage them. He's like, listen, I understand we're going through it. I'm not going to get up here on Easter Sunday and tell everybody it's just peaches and cream. Just sign up for Jesus and everything changes. You know, they move the decimal two spots to the right in your bank account. You know, all that. Like, like it, doesn't, it doesn't happen that way. Life still goes on, right? right? There's just a couple of us that life's going on with. Everybody else, is just everything running smooth. Yeah, Life, life still happens. Accidents still happen. Sickness still happens. Life still happens. But what he's saying is, listen, God is protecting you in your salvation. God is protecting you from losing that inheritance. You can't lose it. You can't lose it. You can walk away. You can say, you can't force me to serve you. Right, right. That's, that's what free will is, right? But he's saying, when you decide... He he can't rob it from you. The world can't take it from you. Bad circumstances can't take it from you. And then in verse 6, he said, you can even be glad. So be truly glad. That's like, have a real happiness, a real confidence inside of you. Because Jesus is with you. His spirit is with you. His power is with you. Man, I understand. I understand that as you go through stuff, you go, maybe this week has been too hard. Maybe this month, maybe this year. You ever have one of those days Well, some of you maybe have one of those years? That's where you just say, you know what, but Jesus is with me. Amen? Jesus is with me. Maybe my kids need a whooping from everybody on the block, but Jesus is with me, right? Maybe my spouse needs some counseling, but Jesus is with me. Don't amen that when you get in trouble, all right? Do you, do you understand? Maybe the circumstances that I'm going through are super difficult and super tough, but Jesus is with me. Maybe on a good day that I can stop and take a breath and say it's not just because of me. It's because Jesus is with me. Amen? Like that's what Resurrection Sunday is about. To be glad even though. Be glad even though circumstances happen. Be glad even though they're trying to transfer me across the country. Be be glad. Let, Let that come from within. Let that come from your faith. Let that come from being born again. Changing that perspective. Listen, for, most of us are thinkers in here. I mean, you think about things. You don't just blindly follow, because it says it in two verses, you don't blindly follow Scripture. But here's what I can tell you. As you put your faith in Him, and you walk with purpose in what He says, the Bible says that we are born again. And it starts to change your perspective, even in tough situations. When you go through tough situations, you get weird did you know that the Bible says it's a peace that passes human understanding? That's you ever met one of those weird Christians like they run out their house just blew up they run out it blew their hair off they're on fire and they're going this is the day that the Lord has made this is awesome. I remember some of those when I first gave my life to Christ and I'm like I hope I never get like that that's so weird. They're, they're ignoring reality, right? They're ignoring what's really going on. No, they they weren't ignoring what's really going on. But what they had practiced for years and decades is their faith. They're realizing that if Jesus rose from the dead, he did that to show me not even death can take what he's given me. Amen? That even though I go through things, that I can have peace that passes human understanding, that I can be glad. That this resurrection has changed the way I see things it's not just another church service it's not just another religion it is because Jesus was not there why do you look for the living Jesus among the dead the cemetery because he's not there he rose to give you hope to give you purpose to give you strength he rose to set you free from your past to help you walk with confidence in this life. And that when even though the circumstances get super tough, you can say because of Jesus and the resurrection that he rose, the resurrection that he came from, that I'll be glad, amen? That's what it's about. Will you close your eyes with me for a minute? And just, I just want you to listen. I want you to walk out of here today. I want you to walk out of here today understanding what he did on the cross. The cross didn't stop on Friday, they took him off the cross on Friday, but that that didn't stop. What they did on the cross, taking his life, him laying down his life, that's so that life could cover our life. That, That death could cover our death. So that on Sunday, when they went to that tomb and he wasn't there, that what he did on the cross would be emphasized, would be brought to the forefront. Because of Sunday, you can receive Friday. That's why we call Friday Good Friday. It wasn't good for Jesus. It's just just good for us. Because of him raising from the dead, you could receive the life that he gave for you. If you're here today and circumstances are just too tough, if you're here and maybe you've never taken the opportunity to open up your life and let Jesus come in and be born again, put your faith and your trust in him today's a perfect day for that maybe you did years ago maybe you put your faith in him and through circumstances and things of this world it's tested that faith and and you've been separated you've walked away from that can I tell you that it's the same sacrifice that saves every one of us that wants to save you again today that same love that he says today you can come back to me Open up your life and let Jesus come in. Put your faith in Him. If that's you, I want to pray for you. And all I ask today, I'm not going to ask you to come up front. I'm not going to ask you to stand up or raise your hand or anything. But here's what I would ask. That while I'm praying, if that's you, will you open your mouth and will you tell Him, say, Lord, that's me. That's me today. Whatever's happened in the past is the past. And I believe that when I put my faith in you, I'm free from that past. Will you save me, Lord, today? Be my Lord and my Savior. As I pray... Will you tell him that? Jesus, we love you today. We love you so much because you did what we can't. You took our place. You gave your life. You saved us from our past, our mistakes, our sins, and you set us free for our future in you. And Lord, no doubt there are people that walked in this place with heavy burdens today. But I believe that your spirit and your love have been drawing them, even before today, drawing them to this service drawing them through the songs, drawing them through this message, but it's right now, Lord, that they decide to open up their heart and their lives and allow you to be their Lord and their Savior and their King and their leader and their best friend. And I pray that from this day forward, Lord, you'd free them from their past, you'd give them strength for today, and then you'd show them the promise and the plans for tomorrow. Jesus, we love you because you first loved us. That's how we know what love is. We saw you give love for us. And for everybody else in this room that's going through tough times, maybe you're holding on to your faith, I pray that you would understand the strength that Jesus gives you today. I pray for a renewal of strength, that strength that only comes from the power of the Holy Spirit inside of you. That Holy Spirit that gives us life and refreshing, that brings that gladness and that joy right in the middle of your desert, right in the middle of your struggle. I pray that the life that Jesus showed on Resurrection Sunday, on Easter Sunday, would be very vivid in your life right now. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for these that gave their life to you today. We thank you so much for the renewal that only you bring. And Lord, we thank you. As a church body, we thank you for your death and resurrection. It's changed everything in our lives. It's in your name that we pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen, amen. Hey, how about we show a little love for these that have given their life to Jesus today? Can we do that? Yeah, let's do that.
1: What a great message and reminder! We just have a couple of things that we would love for you to be a part of before you leave today. In the backs of all of the seats, there's cards, and there's enough for everybody in here. But it's just a card that has kind of four simple things on it of where you are in that relationship with Jesus, and it helps us because we have uh, so many here today to really kind of know where we're at as a church and how we can best minister to people. So, it kind of says, you know, like, hey, I'm serving God, or you know, this is the top one, and I'm following Jesus. The bottom one is i'm not really interested and then the two are kind of in the middle and so we would love it if you would grab one of those cards today everybody who calls this church home or if you're just a guest everyone and fill that out you can leave it on the seat today and we'll grab them it has a place for your name and your email don't feel like you have to put that on there if you don't want to we really just would love to have that information and uh, if you accepted christ today that card is a great thing for you because uh, we would love to connect with you and send you resources and help you get started because following Jesus isn't just like a one-time thing. It's a man, I, I want to every day know how can I be closer? How can I grow in this relationship that I have with him? And and this is something that we love to give everyone every week is to say, you know what? Um, don't just put your toe in the water with Jesus, but jump all in. Like give him a year of your life and say, I'm going all in and watch what he can do. Give God a chance to radically transform your life. And so these things that are up here on the screen, um, growth track is one of those. It starts on May 5th, will be our first growth track um, for the month of May. And this is an incredible three-week class that just helps you not only get to know South Point a little bit, but who you are as a believer. And you take a really cool like, a personality and spiritual gifts assessment in the class and really helps you get to know, like, how can I run in my lane for who God Created me to be. Get involved in a small group. We have so many small groups, different ages of life, hobbies, interests, Bible studies. But being in a, with a group of people who can encourage your faith is invaluable to growing in your faith. So we encourage you to do that. And uh, you can stop by. There's a table in the lobby that has all of our small groups. But you can also visit our website. And the next, the last one is serve on the dream team. When you go through growth track, that'll help you get served to find all the places that you can serve on the dream team because God ultimately created us for a purpose we find the most fulfillment in life when we're doing what God's called us to do which is making a difference in the lives of others and so uh, if you're asking that question how can I grow how can I be all God's called me to be those are your three next steps those are the ways that you can get involved they're all on our website also but we always want to take an opportunity and make sure that um, we just don't leave you hanging at the end of a service but we we give you next steps for this. This is where you need to go next in your faith. So we're so glad that you've been with us today. We hope that you have felt the love of Christ, that you felt welcome here this morning, and that you have felt leave feeling like, man, I celebrated who Jesus was and what he did for me today. So it was great to have you this morning. You are dismissed and have a happy Easter.
0: Beautiful in Jesus.